Welcome aboard the BK Escape Pod. That's right, it's the augmented and bionic podcast version of the live show. You can hear Saturdays from 10 a.m. till 12 p.m. Eastern on 100.3 FM and AM 1450 WBHF Radio. You can stream the show live there Saturdays at WBHFradio.org or on the free TuneIn app. Look out, here we go. Oh, and by the way, if you hear me give out a telephone number, don't call because this is a rebroadcast and our janitor Charlie will answer the phone and believe me, you don't want to talk to him. He's an honorary little cuss. What is that? What a burp off the air. If I could have had that on, that would have peaked into the red here on the meter. That would have been low. It wasn't as loud. It wasn't going to set a record. Growling. But it was a growl. Not like the records we talked about last weekend (laughs) about the decibel records of the burps. And I'm like, oh, my sister's got that beat. She could could get that. She could do that. Yeah, I told you, my youngest daughter. And she's the tiniest, littlest person in the world. Like, there's no way you can make that noise. Yeah, she can. (laughs) That's funny. Hey, it's BK on the air here on AM 1450 and 100.3 FM WBHF. As you hear our boring, goofy radio banter back and forth, doing technical things Feel like on I'm the in air, a Goldilocks that story. That is horrible, isn't it? I mean, I can get away with it on my show. Well, broadcast professionals aren't supposed to be talking about stuff on the radio. A little radio, too low, a little too high. Uh, just <laughs> right, just right. So we got a lot coming up on the program day, including, including possibly a movie review by <gasps> Alan J. Sanders. Oh, no, not me. Because me and movies. You finally caught up on a movie series or a trilogy, a part of the MCU that you finally watched finally this past few days you got to see guardians of the galaxy volume three finally see you and you do let me tell you something about last week when we were talking about paul rubens passing away peewee herman last week and i was talking about peewee's big adventure and his career and what he'd been in and batman returns the penguin's dad and all that stuff we're talking about it and i'm and i'm just going on and on about it through a whole segment tribute about him not knowing the whole time that you've never seen Pee-wee's Big Adventure. We found that out at the end when we were talking at the well, end you, of you everything. Well, you were so excited. And then, well, I know, and I'm like, and I had assumed, <laughs> I assumed that you had you seen that. Assumed? As a Tim Burton movie, Pee-wee Herman, everyone on the planet, I thought, has seen it. It's just one of those that you didn't get to watch yet. And I'm like, okay, we might want to watch. That, ought to, that needs to be added to your movies I haven't seen but should list, I guess, that we made a couple of weeks ago. We I, I don't that. know if it would make so, that version of my list. I, 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 I still, would put, I'll put it on the list for you then, because you should <laughs> see that movie. It's a I classic still, comedy. I never was interested in him as the actor. I never was oh, interested as the character. I never no. it was interested as a show. My kids were not of the right oh, age I never to watch the show. It. I never watched the show he had. So, so I never got to see that. But I think after, after you see it and and find out maybe that you like it and thought it was really funny and great, I think you're going to be surprised if that's the case. I'm, I think that's I, I will. I, you know what? I think you're right. I would be surprised. Yep. <laughs> and, and yeah. I think I will be surprised. So, yeah. But you saw Guardians Volume 3. You did yep. get caught up on that. You haven't seen Ant-Man Quantumania yet. And uh, you get you're a pretty busy guy because you know you you got to you got to temper between going you know between four or five different radio stations you work at and then you you're you're uh, you're everyone everyone thinks that they know who the mayor of Cartersville is but it's really you 
and uh, you've got daughters, you got one getting married, you got all this busy life that you do. You got yard work, you got projects, you build stuff, you're looking for a cure for cancer in the basement. I know everything that you're doing, which is important that you do, and it takes a lot of a, a the lot cancer of your time. stuff's not coming along it like takes I wanted. A lot of your time. So, uh, but you don't get to go to see the films often because of your busy schedule. But streaming, you got to see Guardians Volume Three. Mm-hmm. So later on today, when we got a little bit more time, we're going to delve into it and and hear your thoughts. Okay. Uh, you and I have already talked about it, and I'm like, okay, good. He he's maybe a, he was he kind of lined up with me on it, which is good because I was I would have hate to have got the preliminary report from you today when I came in this morning and hear from you. Oh, I didn't care for that. That was that's probably the worst Guardians Volume Three movie I've ever seen. And if I'd heard that, I'm like, oh, what's going to make for a very tiresome show? <laughs> with talking with him about how good it is, and he's telling me how bad it is for the next two hours. That's not going to be fun. So that's not going to happen. That's a little a tease of mm-hmm. of what you thought. Um, Coming up, which is good. I'm looking forward to that. So we're okay. going to talk about that. And uh, we'll hear from Pat McCormack and the Golden Rage of TV today. He's going to talk about a uh, crime drama series in the late 60s, early 70s called The Mod Squad. I've and heard I think of it. they made a motion picture about it with Claire Danes, yep. I think, back Never in the day. watched it. No, don't know anything about it. As a kid, I watched The Mod Squad. Come on. The title sequence was incredible, and the theme song, the theme music for it was incredible. You have to play uh, it. They were putting, they were putting on, they, they put out something on, tw- uh, on X the other day. Twitter, the former X, the uh, former Twitter X it's is now. It's so hard Twitter to X. change it to X. Um, <laughs> they were putting on there, what's the most, what are some of the most iconic TV themes that you've heard? And it doesn't even have to be a show that you liked. Mm-hmm. If it had a great theme... Like Hawaii Tell me what it is. Okay, to me, Hawaii Five O was my number one choice. I'm like, man, that is. That's why we're on the show together. By that the way. is one of the. That is, if not the best. <laughs> yeah. See, we won't argue about that. Thank no. goodness. That's one of the best themes ever written for a TV show, and they kept it for the new version on CBS that came out just a few years ago. It had a pretty well, good it's run. It's almost like they went hand in hand. You can't sure, watch you can't Hawaii Five O without that open. It had a great theme. The when you you may not have you may have heard it and forgot it, but during Pat's Mod Squad segment coming up. I will play the Mod Squad theme. I'll go out on that when he's talking about it at the okay. end. And we'll play the, it. It's a great theme. Uh, again, some of the ones that are the singing ones that tell a story are great themes. Gilligan's Island's got a great theme at the beginning. It's just a, you all, even if you hated the show, you heard or can probably sing the Gilligan's Island theme or you know what it is when you hear it. Yeah. Um, Magnum P.I. had a great theme. Yes. I mean, but come I was, on. That's so funny because I was going to say, but sometimes, and thanks to your show, Sometimes the original theme oh, for season wasn't one of the theme that we now associate no, with the they, show. No, they changed it. And they didn't even change composers. They went back to Mike well, Post even and Gilligan's Pete Island, I thought, had different lyrics. or they, it, it had was different lyrics. It. it was the same song, same tune, well, it but sounded they different. changed singers. But it was the exact same words, except they took and the rest out and went on. So, uh, yeah, and I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure this thing is working over here because we're at, uh, it's not firing off. Is I'm going to take a look at this and see what's going on over here because we're All at... Right. 10, Are you 14. Sure? Yeah, I'm sure. So what's <laughs> yeah, going? Sure. So I don't know what's going on with our with our system here. What's going on with our system? I don't know. Look at that! Isn't that great? In the old in the old days, we used to run the station ourselves, but now we got computers running everything and an automatic thing, and I'm supposed to break well, at 10:14. So it just went away. I don't either. That's so weird. He's going to fix this because it's like it's always my show that all the gremlins and the uh, the Twilight Zone stuff happens okay, and it all messes up. So, yeah, <laughs> you did fix it. See, you're, you're, you see, it's all it all creeps in even when you're here, too. Uh, yeah, Pat McCormick will be talking about uh, the Mod Squad coming up today. Alan will review Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And I've got some news, believe it or not. We're talking about comic book movies and stuff like that. But coming up. 
I've got some Wonder Woman stories, uh, a Wonder Woman story coming up, which is great, too, because it was on again. It was off. You know, Gal Gadot was told, yeah, you're going to have Wonder Woman 3 by James Gunn. But the producers said, hey, no, uh, we haven't decided to do that yet. So I got that story coming up. So we got a little miscommunication with Wonder Woman. Kind of sounds like uh, how our government thinks it ain't. I'm giving you full authority and freedom to do whatever you want, as long as we tell you You, it's okay. Right. Well... (laughs) We got that coming up. I actually like the first Wonder Woman film. That's one of those rare DC movies Only. that I really like. You know, yeah. I told him I said I can count. You mean you can count the DC movies you liked on one hand? I'm like not even using all the fingers on one hand. I can count the DC comic yeah. of the current DC edition. So be down there. We're going to take a break and reset everything when we come back. Call the repairman. Greetings, fellow classic TV fans. The Mod Squad aired from 1968 to 73 for a total of 124 episodes. It followed the adventures of three young people who were recruited by the police to work undercover as good-looking, hip members of society helping to solve crimes. The show is groundbreaking in its portrayal of youth culture and its integration and diversification of its main characters as equals. The Mod Squad was inspired by the real-life experiences of creator Bud Ruskin, who worked as a juvenile probation officer in Los Angeles. He believed that young people who were given a second chance could become valuable members of society. The series was also notable for its use of contemporary music and fashion. The characters' outfits and hairstyles were trend-setting, and the show occasionally featured the popular music of the time. There you go, Miami Vice. The show's main cast included Michael Cole as the smooth-talking Pete Cochran, Peggy Lipton as the cool and collected Julie Barnes, and Clarence Williams III as the streetwise and equally cool Link Hayes. The three main characters were actually in their 20s at the time of filming, which helped make them relatable to the show's target audience. But despite its popularity, The Mod Squad was not without controversy. Some critics argued that it glamorized drug use and counterculture. Of course, the years that it was on were some of the most controversial in our nation's history. Overall, The Mod Squad reflected the changing attitudes of the late 60s and early 70s, and its legacy can still be felt in modern crime dramas that feature diverse casts and tackle ongoing social issues. This is Pat McCormack with your Retro TV trivia from the Golden Rage of TV. Be sure to check out my podcast, Retro TV Radio, available on most popular podcast platforms. And now back to BK on the Air.
a little mod. Let's close out there his uh, Golden Rage TV segment about the Mod Squad with the fantastic Mod Squad theme. <laughs> a great theme to an, to an interesting show that I never got to watch. I forgot the name of that little suitcase style organ that you know was really popular. <laughs> yeah, the, hey, close up. You got the you got the organ with you? Yeah, it's in the suitcase. Yeah, yeah hold on, just let me like prop it up. I got a couple, you got something <laughs> I can put it, it on. Boy, they were fascinated with that instrument for a long time, weren't they? Yeah. Oh, the Doors used it incessantly <laughs> with their and music. And actually, Boston used the organ a lot in the well, mid organ, organ. Too, I don't know yeah. if they were using the same little. They I forgot what they the, called the mini suitcase, or we'll just call it the mini suitcase yeah, organ. It's got a name, That's and great. I used to know what they called it. The Mod Squad came on, and as a kid, I watched the title sequence because it was cool. It was intriguing. It had them running down this under this bridge and this alley and and stuff, and they were zooming in with them, the camera and with this music. And then when, when it was over, I'm like, oh, okay, time to turn it. I did that as a lot of kids because that that show did not appeal to me as in the, at the age I was. Mm. Now it's like Hawaii Five O, another great music themed show. I, I'd watch that as a kid. Big giant wave, the 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 theme would play. But once the title sequence was over, you know, my dad's going to watch over. it. I left and went and played toys. Now some shows I'd watch, but later on I started discovering. Wow. The Hawaii Five-0, the original series, is a great show. I started watching it on Pluto, and I'm like, this show is like violent and raw and and, and uh, entertaining, and a lot of great stories, a lot of guest stars back then. I saw Eric Estrada as a bad guy holding someone at gunpoint. A lot of a lot of younger actors before they he went on to be chips. Before he went on to be a cop, he was in the cop show. Was one of the criminals. So you get to see a lot of people uh, in these shows that uh, went on to be bigger stars. So we talked before the break. Talk about uh, reviewing and talking about stuff. What well, you, you laughing Sorry. at? I, I got a laughing? I got a joke that uh, Pat McCormack sent is me. Pat, see, Pat will text you, but he won't well, because text you're me busy. He knows, he knows you're hosting. Air. That's right. He's, he he's, knows I'm just sitting here doing he's, nothing. He's nice and courteous <laughs> to me. He won't uh, he won't send me anything. He doesn't want to ruin the show. He wants to ruin my concentration. No, I, I do that. I ruin the show. <laughs> Leave that all up to me. Uh, what did Pat text you? It's the whole thing about roses and tulips and which do you prefer on your piano? You know. I, that's about as much as I can say. Roses and... Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. I got it. Yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you can't tell the rest of it? No. Okay. I'll have to tell you off air. You're going to tease me on the air. I can't believe you don't know about you roses te- and tulips well, on the you'll piano. Well, you have to feel me. Hey, I'm pretty obtuse Do you like sometimes. roses on your organ? No. Oh, okay. All right. For a different flower? Just just, just uh, explain it to me. I will break. have to. Uh, apparently, I will. Because apparently when <laughs> I'm on the air words. live and I'm talking. But I'm not going to use I'm not gonna use pictures. There's a mental block when I'm on the air that I can't get things <laughs> when people are talking about them. So 770-386-1450 is our number. next week. <laughs> if you want to check in, <laughs> tell me off the air. Oh, somebody's checking in right now. Hey, it's BKM there. Hello. Hello, it's Chance in Atlanta. What's going on? Nothing, just doing uh, messing around on the radio. I gotta do a quick correction. I hate to do this to you. No, you don't. But I know you'll want to know. The theme to Mod Squad was not Lalo Schiff. Oh wait, who Earl Hagen? Earl, yeah, he did the Andy Griffith show. Yeah. Yep. All right, Chance. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, bye. So I did get it wrong. (laughs) I hate it when I get it wrong, but I do get it wrong sometimes. Well, hey, Layla uh, Schifrin and Earl Hagen, they looked alike. So that's why I... Uh, hey, it, it all sounds the same to me. <laughs> they looked alike. That's why I messed up. They looked alike. But I don't want uh, to shortchange Earl Hagen. He was a great music composer. And so was, so was, so was Layla Schifrin. So, you know, I wouldn't have made that mistake probably five years ago. I'm noticing those uh, Alzheimer's type uh, 
things creeping in with me when I make a mistake or something. I think it was last week. I'm like, yeah, that was uh, 1983. We're celebrating the 50th anniversary. I'm like, that was 40, uh, 40 years ago. Because <laughs> I, I switched from 73 to 83 because one is 40 years ago, one is 50. And then I kind of talk about, because it's an even number of years ago, it's a milestone, and sometimes I mix those two up. Isn't it okay? I need to. Mm-hmm. I can say strike that and reverse it, can't I? Won't that fix everything? Yeah, if I, I do that, it's a good. I hate it. I hate because the, the stuff that's forty years ago, in no way feels like it was forty years. For some no. reason, the stuff that's fifty years ago, I'm like, oh yeah, that was about fifty years ago. Some but of suddenly, it, yeah, some of it. Suddenly, you go, well, this was yeah. forty. I'm like, no, no, it wasn't. And you're like, yes, yes, <laughs> right. it was. Yeah, no, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. No, if I can make a mistake. Mistakes are part of my show. And then you tell me another movie is thirty years. I'm like, no. <laughs> No. Yeah. Well, okay. Since you since you brought it up, <laughs> well, don't put it on me. Actually, just, well, well I'll, you did I'll it say, to me during the week. I have something special I want to talk about. That, but uh, a movie is celebrating its thirtieth year gave anniversary. Me a Fred this Sanford month. moment during Bartow's morning news this week. The other show you, that you host. Me, like, yes. Wait. I was like, I looked at it like, no. Yeah. No. He's just no. Oh. And then I that felt the tightening. Yeah. Around my I'll chest. talk about that later in the program. There's a movie celebrating its thirtieth anniversary with a re-release in the theater. There's only one drawback to it. I'll have that coming up later on the show today. But let's get to uh, to this before we fly as the audience. You saw Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness you finally <laughs> saw it because I couldn't talk about behind. it in depth with you. And uh, I, I loved how you were, and we may have to roll it over and talk about it later too. We may have run out of time before the bottom of the hour. But I remember how you're like, yeah, Guardians 3. Yeah, I can't wait to go see everybody die. And mm-hmm. I'm sitting there just biting my tongue saying, "You, well, you just wait. Just see it. Okay, I can't, can't well, say anything. everyone does die, just anything. not the people I thought. But you... <laughs> No, you saw. You thought that. Yeah, you thought the main guys were gonna, and so did I. I sat there in the theater when the credits came up and it was coming on. Showed the Marvel logo, mm-hmm. came up. It's coming, and I'm, I'm like, I better prepare myself because this is gonna be bad. I it honestly is thought depressingly bad, but for different reasons. I honestly thought with the trailer and just the little hints and the fact that they said, well, this is gonna be it, and yeah. James Gunn was leaving. There's not gonna yeah, be another James. Last movie. With I'm them. like, the best way to end this, even though it be on a downer, is Star Lord has to sacrifice himself. Like that's what's got to happen. Right. And I fully expect. Expected that to Even in the trailer, you, they cut to Rocket saying, we'll all be together in the big, beautiful sky. And I'm like, what What, what could that mean? That's maybe. Does that mean they're going to die? And, mm-hmm. and when you see him say that in the movie, it's a totally different context. They cut it in a great way. But uh, but you you did you did like it, though. Yes, which was very great. much so. It was very good. And we'll talk about and it more fact, later. And in fact, I but, still think number one is the best. Two and three are pretty much neck and neck. I, would, I don't know. Are, yeah. I don't and, know. And good. Right. They're both good. Yeah. And I don't know, the, like the the flaw I have with three is it's a small thing. It's just yeah, it's a subplot that lasted about ten minutes that I think right. you didn't need. Right. It didn't hurt, but I don't think you learned anything. And I right. think in some ways it kind of made me go, okay, okay, can we go? Let's right. get back to the other part of the story. But beyond that, I liked it just as much as I liked two. And with and with me, I kind of think that one and two are neck and neck, and the third one is the one that's not as great as the first two. Because I, I try my best to find something that I did not really like about Guardians Volume 2, and I'm like, I can't really find a f- the way I pointed out things in three that I didn't like, like the subplot and that maybe nope. did this or whatever. But in, in two, I'm like, this is this is probably on par with the first one. I can't find because Kurt Russell's performance, ego, the whole thing with Star-Lord, mm-hmm. the family, who's my dad and all that stuff. It was just done The idea wonderfully. of s- sisters who... Right. The, the whole sibling rivalry, but it resolves missing fathers, doing the things that right. we take for granted in the audience, like playing catch. Yep. All of that. David Hasselhoff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Guardians and Volume David 2. David Hasselhoff. And the fact that it was filmed right here, mm-hmm. all around us.
So I, thumbs up, thumbs down, volume three, thumbs up, right? Yeah, one, two thumbs up. One or ten, one through ten, what would you give it? A solid seven and a half. Seven and a half. It's BK on the air. Now I'm standing. You all happy? We're all standing up now. Bunch of jackasses standing in a circle. We'll return after these messages. Came to this little place. Waiter says, try this. You'll like it. What's this? Try it. You'll like it. But what is try it? You'll like it. So I tried it. Thought I was going to die. Took two Alka-Seltzer. Alka-Seltzer neutralizes all the acid your stomach has churned out. For your upset stomach and headache, take Alka-Seltzer and feel better fast. Alka-Seltzer works. Try it. You'll like it. Hey, Melissa, you're not going to believe this. My music is on cable TV. It's on VH1. Video hits one. Smokers, hot news. My music's on VH1. Hey, Stevie, I'm so excited. My music's on the very hot one, VH1. I just called to say... My music's on the hot one, the very hot one, VH1. 24 hours a day, seven days a week on cable TV. Hello, Mr. Cable Operator. We, we want music. music. Hey, we're back. It's BK on the air here on AM 1450 and 100.3 FM WBHF. The conversation continues even when the mics are off and we're on a break. But you can't hear that. Maybe you can hear it on a podcast or something. I'll sneak some of it in. But we wouldn't last long on the air, I don't think. Uh, By the way, you were talking about uh, great fast food chains of the South Mm -hmm. on the menus this week. And uh, I loved one of You guys thought of one that I'd never heard of. Do you remember the one I'm talking about? You and Mike Garcia was, were talking about something one. something like biscuits, biscuits or something. something and yeah. I'm like, I'd never heard of that one either. I'm like, mm-hmm. where is that one? So I, I, it must not be in my area growing no, up. Apparently it started in there mostly in Virginia, in West Virginia. Yeah. But and what was number one on the list? Do you remember? That what was, was the number that, one. What was number two? Name another one that number was Number two, I thought, was... Bojangles was Bo, on there, right? Bojangles was, was number chicken, five. Which is great. I love I love Bojangles. I'd have to pull the list up. I, sh- I shared it on Twitter. But they were so... You started listing them, and all I wanted to do when you were talking about all of them was like, oh, I need to get a... I need to get a spicy chicken fillet biscuit yeah. from Bojangles today. I love, I love the Cajun. It. I'm like, that is so The one good. that wasn't on there that I think should have been is, I don't know why Martin's Biscuits wasn't on there. You've got this other oh, place that you've never heard of. Their biscuits are phenomenal. Martin's is and fabulous. And they're here in Cartersville, too. They're, their biscuits are, are cat head size. Now, I don't know why they call them that. Some cat's heads aren't as big as the others. <laughs> but I'm like, they're the big, succulent biscuits. Whether you can get, you, And it's one of the rare places now that you can still get country ham. Meaning that big thick slice of ham that's salty and it got a little it's bit fried. of fat on the edge. Oh, yeah. Not not that some people offer you a ham biscuit and they put deli ham on it from the deli. I'm like, that's, that's not, not that no. doesn't work. No. No. Stop. You you're gonna revoke Wrong, your license. Sir. Wrong. Revoke your license for that. Calling that ham on a ham biscuit. Thing so I, can I can't even where where'd you go? Where are you? Hello? There it is. There. It's time right. that we flashy audience. Everything's messed up over here. It's like when people come in and change, and they straighten my desk up. I'm like, don't straighten my desk. I, love I know where you can't find this. anything. No, now I no, can't, now find, I can't anything. find anything because you did it. All right, well, guess what, folks? I've got the first news. You do? Yes, I do. A major league soccer game in Utah was postponed due to rain, but members of the media still managed to catch some action when a raccoon fell through the ceiling and into the press box. 
The League's Cup round of 32 games in Real Salt Lake and Club Leon was postponed due to Thursday night's rain, and the same rain likely caused a raccoon to seek shelter and ended up falling through the ceiling of America First Field's press box. Caleb Turner of KSL-TV captured video of the raccoon wandering around inside the box before it was ejected. Real Salt Lake spokesperson Delmi Barrios, uh, Barrios tweeted that the raccoon was rounded up by stadium staff and released into a nearby creek. And the whole time I'm reading, I'm seeing that story, adding it to the list last night, I'm thinking after it's all said and done, they're leading him out, and he turns around and he goes, okay, I'll buy a ticket. I was just trying to sneak in. Yeah. <laughs> in, in, uh, in uh, what's his name's voice that does it? Bradley Cooper. Bradley it's Cooper. It's rocket. <laughs> trying to sneak in. I just ha, wanted to see ha, the game. That's a fake laugh. It's a real just laugh. Want, I just wanted to see the game. <laughs> hey, I got the next news. <laughs> from UPI. A martial artist from India recaptured a Guinness World Record from his longtime rival by smashing 273 walnuts with his forehead <laughs> in one minute. Wow. Okay. I thought about this for a second, and I'm like, oh, that doesn't sound... I'm like, wait a minute. It's walnuts. You ever tried to crack a walnut, a one that's still in the shell? I had... One time, I had to drive a car over it to to crack it. Those are some of the hardest ones to crack without a nutcracker of some kind, and this guy used his head. Naveen Kumar, 27, (laughs) used his forehead to smash the raw common walnuts, breaking the record of 254 set by record serial breaker Mohammed Rashid in 2017. Now, Rashid first held the record in, with 150 walnuts in 2014. This guy's the walnut-breaking king of, uh, of Guinness. I mean, come on. The two men went head-to-head <laughs> in a Guinness World Record challenge on an Italian TV special later the same year with Kumar breaking 239 walnuts and Rashid taking the record back with 254. Now, these people that do things with their head like that, that's not good because if you talk to ex-boxers and... And people that do things like that and don't take care of their head, they're, mm-hmm. because there's something inside your head that's kind of important to your existence. It's called your brain. Uh, your I've brain seen is today in most there. people don't use it anyway. Well, that's true. If you don't use it, then you can crack as many wallets <laughs> with it as you want. That's totally fine. Uh, all right, I got the next news. I, mean, I won't say anything about me on this show. <laughs> Uh, the Illinois State Fair unveiled one of the annual event's most beloved and unusual perennial attractions. An 800-pound cow sculpted from butter. That's yeah. a lot of butter. Yeah. This sounds weird, though, when you this say This year's it. unveiling ceremony featured <laughs> Pritzker using a squeegee to wipe the condensation off the cow's glass case. The current, intera- the current iteration of the butter cow depicts the bovine being milked by Illinois dairy farmer Laura Lee Schultz from Mill R. Moore Dairy in Orangeville. A second sculpture in the same case shows Schultz's granddaughter Lucy taking care of a calf. The 2023 butter cow was sculpted by artist Sarah Pratt. See, the whole, the whole term, the whole sentence, butter cow being milked, I'm like that. Just I can't. It just I, feels I don't like even a waste of that. good butter. I just uh, well that yeah that too it belongs on my <laughs> oh. steak and my my along bread. With, along with how about just not ever saying my baked it. potato. Don't ever use that phrase again around me. A butter cow. Okay, it's a butter cow. I got the next news. You like Subway? You ever go to Subway? I do. And get some? I do like Subway. Subway is going to name the winner of its latest free subs for life contest later this month, and the winner will be named Subway. This is from Newser. Let me explain. 
The Name Change Challenge, which closed August the 4th, offered free sandwiches for life in the form of $50,000 gift cards in return for the contestants promising to legally change their name to Subway. Now, this comes from Forbes and Newser. Subway says it received almost 10,000 entries in the 96-hour <laughs> uh, the, the online competition was open. A winner will be selected randomly uh, from USA Today on USA Today. The winner will also receive $750 to cover the cost of changing their name, too. That's in addition to the $50,000 in gift cards for free wow. Subway. The company says it held the contest to celebrate a menu revamp that includes freshly sliced meats. I thought they always had freshly sliced meats. Okay. Quote, Subway brand love and dedication runs deep, especially when free sandwiches are up for grabs, unquote, the company said in a press release. In 2022, one superfan camped out for two days to get a footing to get a foot-long tattoo of the Subway Series logo in exchange for free Subway for life. So that's what he did to get his free Subway. You know, I like Subway. I don't see yeah. myself tattooing just to get free Subway Not for even life. for a $50,000 gift card for free Subway food for the rest well, of your life. Well, but you have to use it at Subway. That's right. I guess that's you the catch. You can't use it somewhere else. And... Could I legally change my name back later? Well, I was wondering that. I was like, well, you know. I'll, I'll. And how often can you change your name before they go, you've done it to, this is a safety thing and flights and you can't change well, your know, name. As long as you get a court to you agree. you got a criminal record that <laughs> we can't have people do that. You Look, know? I, I want to have an AKA, also known as. Because you joked about our news guy here, Mike Garcia, about how, not having a middle name. When he goes to the airport and they're like, what's your middle name? He doesn't have one. Right. They, 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 that flags him yeah, well, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he, <laughs> so, he's, a frequent, he's a frequent frisker of he's a Department free, of Homeland frequent Security. Flag. Flagger. He's frequently frisked. Uh, sir, can we get you to step over here? And strip. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm so used to it now. Mike, <laughs> that, Mike, if you're going to the airport, shave and get a haircut. Otherwise, you look like a terrorist. <laughs> or when you're in line, go ahead and take half your clothes off already because you'll Just, be ahead of the time. I'm going to head of the game. Guess I better take my why pants you taking, and Why are you getting a breath mint? I'm about to be frisked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make it a date. Make it a date. All right, we're gonna we're gonna cut off your last last news flash here because I don't think we're gonna have time. Before Are you sure? The, uh, well, let's yeah. try. We got. Uh, you try want, to, do you try want to sneak do you, in? I can do it. Let's do it. I got the last. I got the last news flash. A four-year-old girl in Michigan was injured Friday night in a bizarre incident involving a golf cart and a dog. What? The incident happened at Blues Brews and Barbecue in Westland, Michigan, a 35-minute drive just west of Detroit. Westland Fire and Rescue said the department's arson dog Bella was sitting on the seat of a golf cart being used for the event. At some point, the dog jumped onto the floor and laid across the accelerator pedal, causing the cart to lunge forward. Firefighters tried to steer the cart away before hitting anyone. Before the firefighters could bring the cart to a full stop, the golf cart hit a four-year-old girl on the passenger oh. side. Front tire ran over the girl's leg. Westland Fire and Rescue, thankfully they were already wow. there. Paramedics immediately rushed the child for in, uh, assessed for injuries. The girl was visibly shaken, but otherwise had no injuries, said fire officials. The girl's mother refused wow. further treatment or transport to the ER. And the dog was thinking, that's for all of my brothers that you have run over with cars. Oh. That's us getting you back. Well, I'm glad the girl was okay. And thankfully, paramedics were right there on scene. And glad the dog wasn't charged. Well, that's not the dog's fault. Right. Should have not put the key in. Sue the golf cart manufacturer. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. You ate it, Ralph. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. No, Ralph, I ate it. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Take two Alka-Seltzer. Alka-Seltzer neutralizes all the acid your stomach has churned out. For your upset stomach and headache, 
take Alka-Seltzer and feel better fast. Did you drink your Alka-Seltzer? The whole thing. Sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. Almond Joy's got nuts, mounds don't. Almond Joy's got real milk chocolate, coconut and munchy nuts too. Mounds got deep dark chocolate and chewy coconut. Sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. Peter Paul, Almond Joy's got nuts, Peter Paul mounds don't. Because sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. All that is visible must grow beyond itself and extend into the realm of the invisible. What? What? Oh, Mr. DNA, where did you come from? From your blood. Just one drop of your blood contains billions of strands of DNA, the building blocks of life. A DNA strand like me is a blueprint for building a living thing. And sometimes animals that went extinct millions of years ago, like dinosaurs, left their blueprints behind for us to find. We just had to know where to look. A hundred million years ago, there were mosquitoes, just like today. And just like today, they fed on the blood of animals, even dinosaurs. Sometimes, after biting a dinosaur, the mosquito would land on the branch of a tree and get stuck in the sap. After a long time, the tree sap would get hard and become fossilized, just like a dinosaur bone, preserving the mosquito inside. This fossilized tree sap, which we call amber, waited for millions of years with the mosquito inside, until Jurassic Park scientists came along. Using sophisticated techniques, they extract the preserved blood from the mosquito and, bingo, Dino DNA. A full DNA strand contains three billion genetic codes. If we looked at screens like these once a second for eight hours a day, it's it'd take exactly. two that explains years the whole film there from Mr. DNA from Jurassic Park. I play that because uh, I kind of gave Alan a mini heart attack this week because I let him know it's coming back. <laughs> I'm feeling. Right, take it easy. We, it should be. What do they call that? They call it angina when it's just it's unknown little, uh, heart you, pains. You think it's heartburn, but it's not. Um, you should be an easier blow now because you know it now. It should be a little yeah, easier to digest. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Jurassic Park, thirty years old now. The thirtieth anniversary of Jurassic Park, which was released in theaters thirty years ago. But the, uh, I'll just do the story here from SlashFilm.com because there's an aspect of, aspect of this that I don't like. The studios were obsessed with releasing everything in 3D. Remember back when that was happening? Uh Yeah, and they still do it from time to time. Even some big blockbusters from the past were treated to 3D conversions, and one of them is making a comeback in theaters for a milestone anniversary. Yeah, Jurassic Park is going to be coming back, but in 3D. Um, Universal Pictures is celebrating what is almost the best in what's almost the best way possible, putting it back in theaters. I agree with that part. But not in three not in three D because I'm not a big fan of that. One night only, Jurassic Park is returning for a 30th anniversary screening in real D three D. It's the it's that real D three D thing that's different from the red and green. Oh, they haven't done the thing. red and the blue yeah. in the long. Uh, tickets are now uh, tickets are now on sale for the screening happening on Friday, August the 25th at various evening showtimes and theater chains across the country. So check the local ones or check uh, the ticket places where you buy tickets. It should pop up somewhere for you to get one. Uh, there's only one showing, so if you miss it, 
you'll you'll miss it in the theater. And you and I both like going to see movies that are old in the theater for their anniversary sometimes. It's just kind of mm-hmm. fun to see them in their original way it's, they're yeah. supposed to be seen, especially the older ones. Because, man, seeing Jaws up on the big screen, I was seeing it again like I'd never seen it. I, was, I saw Jaws at the Fox Theater in Atlanta once in an October screening, and I was seeing detailed in the background in Brody's kitchen. I was seeing, like, utensils hanging on the wall that you can't see on a TV screen. It's just bigger and in your face. You can see it all when it's blown up uh, really big. So there you go. There's some uh, news for you about Jurassic Park. Even though it's in 3D, you, uh, it says you can't go wrong seeing Jurassic Park in the theaters. It'll still blow your mind the way it did before. I, guess, I guess so, but just I have no interest in seeing it in 3D. So I wish they gave you the option. That would be good. I am... I, st- I mean, I guess it makes sense. You look back at uh, revolutionized films, but think about it, 30, 30 years. years ago. Jurassic Park, 30 years ago. That one really hurts because that one really, really, I mean, we talk about things in 83 coming out mm-hmm. that were 40 years ago, and we're like, yeah, it doesn't seem 40, but sometimes maybe it does a little bit. you know. But 30 years ago really does not seem like it was 30 because that's, uh, <laughs> that's just, I, mean, I, that I means, still consider Jurassic Park do you, new. Do you realize if of. we were Michael J. Fox... We'd be going back to watch Jurassic Park if we had to go back thirty years. Yeah, <laughs> just, just yeah. Doesn't seem like we already did the Back to the Future thing. If Back to the Future was filmed today, what year would they go back? They'd to? They'd have to go back to more match, than thirty to match the the, the years they went back in the mm-hmm. film, which was what from eighty four to it was eighty five to fifty five. Eighty five to fifty five. Right. So that seemed like a long time before eighty five. It was. Yeah. Everything so changed. If we, so if we did it today, two thousand three, we'd go back to two thousand twenty three. Two thousand twenty three, we'd go back to. 1993. 1993. Which just doesn't make sense. It doesn't feel. It doesn't make sense to me. It seven, wouldn't seven, work. Oh. If you did a movie now, it wouldn't work. Yeah. Seven seven oh three eight six. Oh, they hung up. Sorry. Somebody oh. was calling. Call back. Sorry. I was going to take your call, but you hung up on me. Um, yeah, it doesn't seem like it was that long ago. I mean, when eight, when when um, Back to the Future came out, my parents saw it, and I saw it, because, you know, we saw it. Yeah. And, turn and turn it like, on, even if you're like, not going to. So that way they can hear us. Oh, okay. Because if it's I, off, I, they can't I, hear and us. And I was like, hey. I, that seemed like a long time ago, and it did. Even my parents goes, yeah, 80, 85 back to 55. Yeah, we remember how it was in 55. Now we can talk about that. Yeah, but doesn't <laughs> let's get to the caller, and then I'll say. we've Things are are not that different like they were from 55 to 85. Yeah, isn't that weird? We did, we did have a lot of yeah. progression from 55 to 85. We, we really yeah. did. Hey, it's BK on the air. Hello, somebody's on the line. Hello. Hey, it's Chris. Hey, Chris. Hey, Chris. I uh, just wanted to... Wanted to tell you that I was seven years old when Jurassic Park came out. It was my favorite movie, R-rated movie I got to see in theaters as a kid. Oh, it wasn't R-rated. No, it, it was PG-13. PG-13, yeah. Oh, was it PG-13? Yeah. Yes. I was, okay. Well, no, it wasn't R. Yeah, well, no. I'm mistaken. But and you, you were how old when I, it came out? I was seven. Okay, thanks for that. Bye, Chris. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. All right. Just kidding. I'm joking. I will tell you. I'm just joking. It's great. It's my daughter, Lexi, who's getting married in a couple of months. It's her all-time favorite film. You told me that it was her Star Wars. It's her Star Wars, yeah. right. When, when we say that phrase, we know what we're talking yeah. about. For her, yeah. like, if it comes on, such she'll just a, watch it. Did you? I'm such a big dinosaur fan that I, I, yeah, and I just love the Velociraptors, so they were always my favorite. So, Chris, did you enjoy the, uh, the subsequent... Uh, sequels and stuff in Jurassic World. You were a fan of the whole franchise. Did you keep you stick with it? Yeah, I think I think the Lost World was a little. Uh, it was a little weird. It was, it was uh, the weaker one out of a lot of them. That's for but, sure for me. Yeah, but I, I liked the, I liked all of them. I thought they were all great. Yeah, I mean it's a great franchise and it grew and kept going and uh, it's 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 some kids. 
and you were a kid when it came out. It's some kids. Uh, <laughs> yes, he was. And some of us are still kids at heart. So it's so it's a lot of kids back then or adults today. It's their favorite franchise of movies, and I can see that. I can see why. Yep, it's groundbreaking yeah, in a lot yeah. of ways. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely a big hit. And then, uh, yeah, I'm a huge Toronto Raptors fan because they came out, they came out with that that team because of Jurassic Park. Yeah, and you you have your own few uh, Jurassic uh, pals at your house, <laughs> which is great. He's got some of their ver- yep. their, their ancestors that are related to them. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Sure do. That's great. Well, thanks for calling, Chris. I'm always glad you're out there and you're always coming by to wave as as we're live on the air, buddy. I appreciate it. See you, man. All right, see you. Talk to you later, bye. Oh, uh, yeah, and he's—I uh, always tell him that uh, he's, you know, Godzilla. You know, <laughs> come on. Yeah, so he's, next next one he gets, he's got to at least name one of his pets Godzilla. I, w- I want him to pet. get like a chameleon next. A chameleon. Yes. A chameleon. He's got the bearded dragons, which are really cool. But I like—I would like—I actually would think it'd be cool to have a chameleon. Aren't chameleons the ones that move really slow and they have the two eyeballs that yep. go different ways? Isn't yep. that cool that they can look at two different things at and, once? And or are those iguanas? No, I, I, I think they're chameleons. Yeah. yeah, they're chameleons. Yeah, and but they can also zero change in on their something. colors. They can kind of yeah. merge the colors. I they think hold they cool. the hold the bug out in front of them, and they and all of a sudden you see their head, and they'll zero in on it and target it like a predator mm-hmm. in the movie Predator, and the tongue goes, wow, and got mm. one shot. Mm. Good. I'd love to be able to do that at a restaurant. Wait a minute, okay. that would be so funny. <laughs> Just out of the blue, you know, all of a sudden both my eyes zoom in, I'm like, oh, a roll. You want to be Jar Jar Binks, huh? A roll. No, well. <laughs> Well, if you're with me, you'll be like Qui Gon. Go, we, like, just stop doing I told that. You. We stop doing that. Stop, stop doing do that. that. <laughs> We're civilized at this table. I'll grab this CGI tongue from the CGI <laughs> character and make it look realistic. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so that's great. So Jurassic <laughs> Park. I, I uh, it took me, All I right. think, the second time to see Jurassic Park to really get into it and liked it. The first time I saw it, I'm like. Well, you know, it's 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 cool when the dinosaurs are on the screen, but I don't know. And I saw it again, I'm like, okay, yeah, I, got, I think I was too much in awe of the effects when I saw it the first time. Because when you see something for the first time, and it's groundbreaking, and you've never seen it before, you're a little distracted by the, the awesomeness of it all. It's like Star Wars. No one knew what to think when they first saw oh, it. They're like, what is The what scene is this? for me, and it still holds up. Like, as, as, as old as the technology is, and groundbreaking... When we pull back to the long shot, and there's the brontosauruses in the lake, and they're all oh, the milling first revealed, around. The, yes, not, revealed. not even just the brontosaurus when, by himself. Like that's when, amazing. When when he turns her head around right. and she comes up and he takes the sunglasses the, off. The long yeah. shot of all of them moving like a herd, and you yeah. see him in the water, and like they they're reflecting, and the, and and the, the sun, and the flying birds and stuff. Yeah, like, it looks like they're there. And I remember being in the theater going. How, how wow. did they do this? Wow. How in the world did they do and this? And that blew me away, but you know, the scene seller for me watching Jurassic Park was the first appearance of the T-Rex attack at night on the on the Jeeps. When I saw that, I'm like, wow, this is this is amazing. You, you know can't what, tell me that thing is not real. What they should have that learned, and we great. had to watch filmmakers go too far the, wrong, the, the, the other way. The reason that works still to this day is it's a mix of CGI and practical. Sure. They had a, they had a giant, full-size right. T-Rex built by Stan Winston Studios. And let's face it, that guy's work, he had, I mean, he was he was the man when it comes the to man. practical effects. His studio still is. Uh, yeah, and his school that he's got. He's got a school. And when it would interact with the, with the actors on set, even the kid says, we were scared of the real one. Because it was actually there and it had right. teeth and stuff, and we know they were controlling it. And sometimes, sometimes it would you see footage of it of the bloopers of well, it jumping when and it got getting wet, wet too, and stuff. too heavy. And, <laughs> it, and there was rain on the set too. And and Spielberg goes, "Here I go, 
dealing with with water yeah. messing up my effects. Well, thankfully like he was shark. indoors; he could control that. <laughs> yeah. But so yeah, that was great. So that's amazing. The story about shot. the T Rex—they could only shoot for periods at a time because they didn't think about the foam. Yeah would soak up the water and because the electronics the hydraulics right. inside were so attuned when it right. got too heavy it started shaking looking like it had palsy or something right. this t-rex is sick yeah, so <laughs> they had to stop filming and dry it so they could start I mean, up again. watch it when he comes when the head comes close to sam neil where he's holding the little boy to keep him from making a sound mm-hmm. and the t-rex's face comes right up to them and supposedly blows air through its nostril and blows his hat off that's the real one right there right. on the set. That's right by oh, their face. The fact how fast it moves when it's looking pad by the window and yeah. then snaps to like and looks at her. That's awesome. on the set. So it's all, it's it's all a good, good stuff. When you mix them together, it works when you do it well. It comes nearly seamless. Some practical stuff. So yeah. I mean, uh, I- I'm practical. I'm a practical effect. <laughs> you think about it. Are you? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's some argue, argument at home. <laughs> She's listening. It's PK on there. I'll be back. comes all-temperature cheer with the all-temperature clean. But they're powerful ingredients. Certainly they're powerful. To give you the best-looking wash your world has seen in hot water, warm, cool, cold, and everything in between. Terrific. Now, now that's white. Cheer gives you a great-looking white in hot water. And in cold water, that's clean. Cheer beats even the leading cold water detergent. Wait till you see my kids tomorrow. I'll be watching. All temperature cheer. Boy, is this stuff clean and at all those temperatures. All temperature. <laughs> now back to the show. Oh, yeah. Stand by to receive our transmission. Hey, we're back. It's BK on the air here every Saturday morning from 10 a.m. till noon, a.m. 1450 and 100.3 FM, WBHF. Don't don't ever let anybody ever tell you that AM radio is irrelevant anymore. They were just talking about it on Capitol Hill not too long ago, and some vehicles were... Think manufacturers are thinking about yanking AM radios out of cars and not even putting them in there and stuff. But we're still around AM, we're FM, we stream, we have a website, we have apps. <laughs> There's ways to hear us, but we're still on the radio, too. I think radio, and Alan will agree with me, I think radio is always going to be there because we're going to have to fill that void when maybe some other things aren't there. T- you're able to access the other mm-hmm. things for some whatever reason. Who knows why? And we went over it a lot. But on this day in history, let's talk about a little history today. August the 12th is today on this day in history. And uh, I have a, a thing that I want to uh, cue up here because this was made on this day in history. Take a listen to this. In 1877, this happened. The uh, first words I spoke in the original phonograph. A little piece of practical poetry. 
Mary had a little lamb, its fleece was white as snow, and everywhere that Mary went, the lamb was sure to go. So there you go, right there. On this day in history, 1877, to his amazement, Thomas Edison records himself reciting Mary Had a Little Lamb on his just-completed cylinder phonograph, a device that recorded sound onto tin foil cylinders. 1877 on this day. That's pretty relevant to anything that we do Isn't in amazing? this business or anything else today. That right there is a great date to observe. Just think of the... the, the, the uh, inventors always amaze me. Somebody yeah. just said... How do I put sound onto a physical object? How do and I play capture it sound? I mean, before it's ever been done, how would you ever even start like, to do that? Like, uh, you think you're just a, oh, you can't what, capture what, are you sound? a magician or something? What are you talking about? You're what devil, kind of voodoo magic do you think? Devil worshiper? What are you talking? Are you a witch? <laughs> What's going on? What kind of wizardry is what that? What dark sorcery is this? But he did it, and thank goodness Thomas Edison did. Uh, if you ever get a chance, I may let you borrow it, but Thomas Edison directed the first silent picture version of Frankenstein. Yeah. And I've got a VHS copy of it off of a, of a copy from somewhere. I don't know if it's officially ever been released on DVD or Blu-ray, but it's pretty... It's not great, but it's chilling to watch the effects that he tried Didn't he to do. did he do, like, reverse film for the monster forming the, or something? Yeah, he, he filmed the monster uh, upside down and set it on fire on the, in, on the set. And I think he replayed it right side up so it looked like it was taking shape. Hey, what else could he have done back then? He didn't have a special effects crew. He Just, was the special d- effects the, crew. The innovative mind of thinking, you know what? I can put the film backwards and upside down, and when I play it right side up and yeah. forward... And, you know, uh, showing stuff backwards was used in theaters all the way up into the 80s. They would use some things backwards to make it look weird or right or different. Mm-hmm. They, they still do that. I think they probably still do that in some things. Today in 1908, Henry Ford... Talk about our... Savoy Auto Museum over here. Today in 1908, Henry Ford's company builds the first Model T car on this day in history. So there's two uh, corporate uh, technology things in a row that happened on this day in history. Uh, Today on this day in history in 1927, the movie Wings premiered, silent movie about World War I, and it was the first film to ever win an Academy Award for Best Picture. The first film to ever win an Academy Award was Wings. Mm -hmm. And I saw Wings once, and it's actually a really good movie with Clara Bow. It's a very good and well-done World War I movie. It's a silent movie. If you don't like silent movies, don't watch it. I know some people (laughs) don't, and I don't know why they have a problem with that. But yeah, if you ever get a chance to see Wings, give it a try. Uh, Another movie uh, is making its 50-year anniversary. That's right. 50 years ago, this premiered in theaters. It's a matter of life. It's a matter of death. It's a matter of a beautiful Italian spy, seven killers, a voodoo witch doctor, a living corpse, a gorgeous double agent, 12 cars, five planes, 10 acres of land, a wedding reception, a double-decker bus, a fleet of speedboats, a sea of crocodiles, the beautiful sorceress named Solitaire, the man with the steel arm, and a retired Navy LST, all against one man. My name's Bond, James Bond. Roger Moore is James Bond 007. In Ian Fleming's Live and Let Die, 007 is on a worldwide manhunt, and the body count is going up. It's livelier, it's deadlier, it's Roger Moore as James Bond 007 in Live and Let Die. From United Artists, rated PG, parental guidance suggested. Live and Let Die. Right, fifty years ago in theaters. So today in history, I know it's not the same, but how ironic we bring up wings. 
the <laughs> movie. Weird? That's funny. Yeah. But it was actually Paul McCartney's Wings, Wings. that did that Paul James McCartney Bond Wings. theme. Yeah, and that's the first film I ever saw in a theater with my parents. I was in the back seat. They were, we went the, to the drive-in. Drive-in, yeah. right? And and I was paying attention to some of it. the voodoo stuff. Scared me, and the flaming skull and the uh, and the title sequence really scared me. But I remember being a kid sitting and standing in the back seat, watching eating popcorn entertaining myself during the other scenes the boring spy scenes where they're just talking and uh, i do remember that that we did see that on the way home uh, and on the way home i was scared the skull was going to chase us mm-hmm. in the dark coming home so that was great 1976 on this day in history august the 12th the first approach and landing test an alt test of the space shuttle orbiter enterprise was on this day in history in 1976 and how funny that the very next year on august the 12th the enterprise made its first atmospheric test flight that was the first one. If that one didn't work, then they wouldn't have had a space shuttle. They would have had to start over or Back something. Back to the drawing board. And uh, I, part of me always wanted them to have, to have named the first shuttle that went into space Enterprise. That means the Enterprise would have gone into space. But no, actually, the Enterprise that tested the orbiter, that one was the groundbreaking one. So they they named it after a letter-writing campaign from Star Trek fans. They were going to call it something else. And then they're like, no, call it the Enterprise. That would be the thing to call it. And then they, they changed the name due to a letter-writing campaign. That's the that's the legend. That's mm. the story. And I'll uh, <laughs> I'll, stick, I'll stick with the legend. And even if and it's not story. true, it sounds good. It sounds cool. So I, I tend to believe it. Uh, only 1983, we got two movie, two movie premieres four years ago, which is 1983. This movie premiered. Oh, 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 oh. Buckingham, fresh off of Fleetwood Mac there, recording Holiday Road, the theme to uh, National Lampoon's Vacation, which premiered 40 years ago today. Funny movie, still funny to this day. Every time Vacation's <laughs> on, I'll watch it and laugh. My this, is, this is one thing that's going to make the audience go, what? <laughs> Best part about that movie is the theme song. <laughs> it's a good theme song. I but love I that song. It. I thought it was great. Yeah. I love it. And it's, uh, a, it's a good movie. It's so- not... Mm, it's not my favorite. Something else premiered on this day in history. Uh, we were minding on our own business, going to see Superman 3, Return of the Jedi, all these movies coming out in 1983. And all of a sudden, this thing called Smokey and the Bandit Part 3 was released. And I was excited, uh-huh. went to see it, and I'm like... You're not playing the trailer? Wow. No, why would I... You don't want to go like reminisce about why it's such a great... The original trailer was originally going to be called Smokey is the Bandit. Jackie Gleason was going to play both parts. And when they had test screenings of that, the people hated it so much that they went in another direction. I don't know, maybe it might have been better to do that. We'll return after these messages. Ever watch kids play with Weebles? It's really something. Hey, hey, look at me and Weeble. Me and Weeble go all around. One day, kids pretend they're flying into Weeble Airport. Next day, they play around the Weeble Cottage. Or if it's real nice, they go out to the Weeble Marina and go fishing. Hey, hey, look at me and Weeble. The Weebles waddle, but they don't fall down. Romperoo makes Weeble toys. We're back. It's BK on the air here. We'll continue the uh, On This Day in History and get into some birthdays and what national day it is. 1983, 40 years ago. Let's delve into the TV shows. What, were the, what was the number one television show in 1983, Alan, in cheers? August of 83? No, nope, not Cheers. It's one that was number one for a while. And the number two, I'm, I'll tell you what number two was because they're separated by just points of, uh, of like rating points. 
Dallas was the number one show with a 25.7 market share of, of, of viewers, which it was number one for a while, but it would battle this other show for the number one spot for years. Dynasty. And that was 60 Minutes. Oh, 60 <laughs> Minutes. Like, Both on me. CBS. Dallas had a 25.7 share at the time, and 60 Minutes had 24.2 share wow. for the number two spot. I'm like, you might as well just call that a tie almost for the number one spot. Birthdays today include actress Jane Wyatt. You remember Jane Wyatt from Father Knows the Best? She also played Spock's mother in Star Trek in the original series and in Star Trek IV and uh, Voyage Home. She was Spock's mother. She's, uh, she's the one that uh, he told uh, his dad at the end, tell mother I feel fine. She was always wondering because she was a human married to Sarek. Today is Alvis Owens' birthday today. Alvis Owen, you might remember him as Buck Owens from Hee Haw. Country singer, country kind of a comedian too on Hee Haw. He died in 2006. Uh, Dwight Yoakam idolized Buck Rogers. And if you listen to Dwight's music, you can tell he influenced him a lot. They were became friends. Wouldn't it be great to be... To love someone growing up and idolize them and go into the same field and then become friends with who you idolized that that because your your music is good too and they it's, consider you a good music performer yeah. as well and become friends with your idol i think that would be kind of kind of good and bad in certain ways because you're like wow i know my idol now and he's not really all like a jerk <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> or something if you, he's, you, he's you a jerk never know how that's going to be because they're a real person uh, today's birthday, George Hamilton's birthday, actor, uh, Love at First Bite, Zorro the Gay Blade. He was in so many movies, which usually were comedies. He did some serious stuff. Like the, the joke is always like he was always tan. He was, man, and it was it looked like he paid for the tan somewhere. Now he did play Hank Williams Hank Williams in a movie called The Hank Williams Story, a TV movie about Hank Williams. Hmm. And I understand it's a pretty good movie. Today is Mark Knopfler's birthday. You know who Mark Knopfler is. Oh, yeah, is. guitarist from Dire, uh, dire Straits. Dire Straits, guitarist, songwriter, singer from... He also, didn't he do the soundtrack to The Princess Bride? I think he did, yeah. Yeah, Princess for, Bride. For Rob Reiner, director Rob Reiner. Did, Put it had together. Him do that. Uh, he's all, he also had an idol that he grew up and got to know. He he played guitar in the, in the uh, style of Chet Atkins. You've heard of the classical... Guitars from the fifties, Chet Atkins, that did like that real like picky guitar sound. Mm-hmm. Well, Mark was a fan of his, and I think became friends with him before he passed away. And uh, oh, I gotta get this ready because also there's it's another actor's birthday today. Today is Sam J. Jones's birthday. That's right, Flash Gordon himself. His real name is Samuel Gerald, but uh, his his uh, birthday is today. He played Flash Gordon in 1980. He also played in. A, very short-lived television, uh, fire fire engine television show called Code Red on ABC. It was like a fall replacement show, and it didn't last. I always loved getting those fall issues of TV Guide where it shows all the new shows coming up in the fall, and you try to pick out, okay, that one's going to make it, that one's going to flop, that one's <laughs> going to make it. Oh, I'm going to check that out. Oh, I'll check that one out. That looks kind of cool. So I remember seeing Code Red in that uh, in that one TV Guide growing up. Sometimes my better half, Stacy, goes, how do you remember all these things? How do you remember what theater you were in when you saw every film that you saw? I'm like, it's just a thing that was important to me. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just certain things it I still remember. She goes, she goes, you come up with stuff sometimes that I, I, I think I remember, but there's no way I'd remember it until you bring it up. <laughs> I'm like, it's just because it was stuck in my, stuck in my head. I, was, I babysat it. The television and the movies babysat me after school every day growing up because my mom was a, yeah. I was a latchkey kid. My mom, single mom, and went to work. So my sister and I were left to fend for ourselves, albeit and, in and the and house locked up, you know, for security's sake. We we're still alive. We still made it. We made it. Apparently, kids can be resilient when given things we're, to do. We're alive and well. Well, I'm alive. <laughs> I don't know how well I'm doing. Uh, it's I'd, always I'd argue mentally. We're both very well. Hey, I, well, yeah, you and I. We're in a good place. We're the wrong mentally. ones to ask, though. <laughs> 
Right. <laughs> Ask we're that happy. of other people. We're happy people. Um, it's always National Something Day, and today is no different. Today is National Bowling Day. And uh, I love to bowl. I love to go. I go love to go down to, go down to Lake Point. And bowl down there. There's a new bowling technology. I don't know how new it is, but it's new to me. I, I go down to bowl down there, and I notice, what is, how are the pins being, they're on strings. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I've never seen that before. Use just the big metal thing that will reset the right. pins and stuff, and I know it's got to be more expensive. But these these bowl, bowling pins are set up on these little string holders. I don't know if they're made out of cloth or vinyl or whatever, or fishing line. But they all put them right back up, and they're on little strings and stuff. I'm like, it works. It is pretty crazy. And I bet it's cheaper <laughs> to do it that way with the mechanics and whatnot. I'm a pretty good bowler. I'm not on, I'm not on league level, but I, I can bowl fairly well. I can't do a, I can't do the, uh, what's the, what's the split, the two with split? No, oh, the seven ten. I can't split? do the seven. I usually get one of them. I can't get that one right oh, on the edge where it no, kicks right usually, over to the other that's side. That's the one time I can go straight down the middle, like I'm uh, hitting a field goal. You can get a field goal <laughs> every time I've got a split. And like, when you do that in bowling, they yell field goal. Uh, they it's, should. It makes you feel good. Even when it's like the four six split, whatever, whatever. <laughs> no, no splits. I'm like, how does it? How does the ball get right between the t- like I? And hit one. some people that bowl break the laws of physics because I see some people go up there in the alley. They got their ball in the hand and they go up and they roll it and they turn it and it goes completely in a in a curve. And I'm like, how do you? I've tried to do that and it's wound up in the next lane. So, I can't do I that. I can tell you for a fact, my brother was into bowling for a while. He's like, the only way you will ever bowl a perfect game is you cannot be a straight bowler. You have to be a curve bowler. Because of the energy coming in from the side, if sure, you can get yeah, that, that, you'll get a better chance of knocking all the pins down. So, yeah, that's fine. I'm a straight bowler too. Every time I've tried to get the curve, it's <laughs> like it goes straight into the gut. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but I don't do too bad. It's just it's just picking up the spares is where I have a problem. And today, by the way, is National Vinyl Record Day. It's not it's not Record Store Day, but today is National Vinyl Record Day. It's a different day. So if you have a local uh, store that sells vinyl, like we do here in Carsville, Rock and Shop, who's a great advertising partner with us here and they're a fantastic eddie bruce down there go see him he's got the name of a superhero i love the name eddie bruce uh pick up you want to get back into vinyl into records you could do it because there's a lot of places that still sell them used sometimes there's new vinyl that's released mm-hmm. as we as we're well aware when he has those new record shop days it's crazy when they come out um well speaking of records and vinyl records do i have oh let's do this because i don't have time to get into the next thing i want to talk about andy um Andy Travis, the character on WKRP that Gary Sandy plays, you know, the mm-hmm. guy that moves into the station, changes the format, makes it become a rock station. He was awarded something in the city of Cincinnati that has something to do with radio, and I got that story coming up. But I want to get – you ever uh, you ever heard of the website Mental Floss? Mentalfloss.com? Mm-hmm. They have an amazing fact generator. And I thought I, I would I would fact I would generator yeah, I would in a it's a different fact when you click it every time it'll give you a new fact that's completely true but you may or may not have known it this is kind of like newsflash but these are a little different because I didn't know any of these and they're pretty quick uh, mental floss amazing fact generator in 1998 a study by the smell and taste treatment research foundation I didn't even know there was one the scent women found the most arousing was good and plenty candy mixed with cucumber and lavender. Those are the three smells that, for some reason, some women found the most arousing and exciting was those I scents. Put that to the I don't know if you mix them together. I don't think saying mix them all together. It's just saying those individual smells, I'm like, oh, okay, good and plenty candy. But that's, isn't mixed that with licorice? cucumber and lavender. So cucumber, lavender, and licorice. Right. But oh. I don't know what the scent of it is. It could be different flavors in there or something. I, all, you, know, you know, the only reason I know about good and plenty we would use Good and Plenty when I did a stage play. We'd use the white ones for someone taking a pill on stage. 
Mm-hmm. The good and plenty white ones look like a pill. So the good you and plenty exactly for me were the ones that were the last candies in the bag, and they yeah usually I got would don't want away. Them. yeah I don't want <laughs> or any licorice with me because I didn't like I don't like salt black. water taffy licorice or any of that I didn't I didn't get into that I like the red licorice not the black black oh. that, that taste of like I don't know death Mis- <laughs> is that is that what it tastes like <laughs> it tastes bad I don't like uh, licorice at all my better half loves the the candy called dots. Yeah, I don't mind dots. But she's a, she likes that kind of stuff, gummy stuff, and I don't like it. But she will not eat the green dots because she doesn't like how they taste. The green ones just she leaves them behind or gives them to our son. <laughs> so the green dots she don't give them to the dog. Yeah. Here you go. You want this? I don't even think Peppa will eat them. <laughs> don't give the dog. Don't give them to the dog. Another mental floss. Amazing fact: in 1907, an ad campaign for Kellogg's cornflakes offered a free sample of cereal to any customer who would wink. At their grocer. Uh, ad campaign. Yeah. That's funny. I think the grocer had always sent, a, sent another message to him as well, which mm. was great. Oh, yeah. I'm going to get her number. Sure. We'll do uh, breakfast. And another mental floss fact generator. In 1967, the Outer Space Treaty that was signed forbids any nation from trying to own the moon. That was one of the stipulations. I didn't know that we all signed a 1967 Outer Space Treaty. That was just one of the huh. agreements. Still, there's one country's flag up there. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. And several meteor. Do you holes. have a flag? <laughs> so, uh, oh, here's another one. Mental floss fact generator. The annual number of worldwide shark bites is 10 times less than the number of people bitten by other people in New York. <laughs> Somehow that's I can believe crazy. that. I can believe that. I can believe that. Oh, yeah, shark and, attacks yeah, they're worried are about so sharks, rare. you know. <laughs> you're worried about sharks. Shark attacks are so rare. But the difference is if somebody bites you, you're probably not going to die. Well, that's true. And if it's a teeny tiny shark, maybe you're not going to die. But I don't even want a small shark to bite me because I'm going to start bleeding pretty bad probably. Well, that's what brings the other sharks in to go, yeah. what's going on over here? Yeah, well, at that time we went to— uh, Hey, you didn't tell us you were having a barbecue. <laughs> we went to— <laughs> I think it would be sushi. It would be raw sushi, I think. We were at uh, Orange Beach, Alabama once, and we're sitting there, and we're like, what is that swimming out there? Is that a fish? And I I got, like, knee-high, and I'm looking, and I'm like, that's a baby shark. And he's about about 12 inches long just swimming around. And he's he's swimming around like he owns the place. He can't do anything. Kind of like what they do? Yeah, (laughs) like like he owns the place. He's swimming around, and I'm like, okay. And everybody's freaking out. I'm like, it's a baby shark. I love sharks. And, And then I started thinking... Where's his mom? Is she around? I don't know if she's around or not. Um, and here's one for one we just had. We just had a story about Thomas Edison. I played the first recording that he made of him saying Mary had a little lamb on the recording for the first time. Thomas Edison nicknamed two of his kids Dot and Dash <laughs> after the Morse, Morse code, code signals. That was the names, first names of his kids. Hey, Dash, Dot, get in here. And funny. Dot went, Bip! and Dash went, Hey, Dad. <laughs> yeah. See, what you get when you listen to us every morning. Speaking kind of in there, we're just having fun. I'm on the story about Gary Sandy and WKRP from Cincinnati when we come back. We'll be on there. New from KTEL Records, 22 explosive hits, 22 original stars, gallery. Oh, it's so nice to be with you. The great Sammy Davis Jr. Oh, the candy man can. Olivia Newton-John. It's not for you. Hamilton, Joe, Frank, and Reynolds. Don't pull your love out on me, Derek and the Domino's big hit, Layla. Osmond's, Detroit Emeralds, Millie Jackson, Flash, April Wine, Charlotte's, Pop Tops, Fortune. Here comes that rainy day feeling again. Joe Simon. He's got power. 
Hot Butter's Popcorn. And many more. Get KTEL's 22 explosive hits now. 22 original stars and one great stereo LP. Only $3.99. Out of the Blue, the ELO album. Electric Light Orchestra on Jet Records and Tapes. Distributed by CBS Records. America is on the go from Maine to the Grand Canyon with a portable radio as a traveling companion. America is on This was about a place, a, 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 an art form as far as I'm concerned, because I've always been enamored by radio. And here was a script that, that did all three for me. I love music. I was enamored of radio. And uh, I, I like to think I'm an actor. And I get to do all three? Give me a break. This was great. So when I read that script, I really wanted this part. Yeah, hey, we're back. It's BK on there. I got a story here from RadioLink.com about Andy, Andy Travis. Travis, the uh, new program director. But kickbacks are wrong. <laughs> Herb Charlie, uh, sorry, I got a meeting. We'll talk later. If you last that long. <laughs> nice fellow. One of the best. Would you like to see the big guy? The big guy. The skipper, the chief, the head honcho, the jerk who runs his place. <laughs> yes, yes, would. He was the guy, a whiz kid guy, from New Mexico. Santa Fe, New Mexico, supposedly, who comes into radio stations, turns them around, and moves on. That's what he does. Uh, so I thought, well, to be the straight man is pretty good because I had done a lot of soap operas where I was the heavies. I was always the bad guy. As a matter of fact, Charters, Hugh's, uh, Hugh Wilson's uh, wife, uh, said, you can't hire that guy. He's out of his mind. So I always played the heavies, you know. So here I was going to get a chance on my first sitcom to uh, to play the straight man. I know that I can turn this station around. Turn it around? Make money. Oh, well, in that case, Andrew, you've got a free hand from here on out for the time being. That's good. Where's Norris? <laughs> out that door, down the hall to your left. Good. Think you're going to like it? Hey, one more thing. Yes, sir. These changes, they, uh, they wouldn't necessitate the uh, playing of rock and roll music, would they? Possibly. <laughs> the through line for the Travis character was he was a whiz kid that comes in and turns stations around and leaves. This time, not only can he not turn it around in a timely fashion, but something happens where he falls in love with the people. That's right, and that's exactly what happened on WKRP uh, in Cincinnati. One of my favorite so, uh, sitcoms of all time. I say it's not so far, And I loved it, but uh, Radio Link... RadioInc.com has this story. It's a show that many in the industry know and love. In September of 1978, WKRP made its debut, telling the story of Underdog AM Station. Uh, features everyone's 
Dream Program Director, Andy Travis, played by Gary Sandy, who you heard there in the soundbite. The show not only proved popular with the American public, it provided one of the most enduring television episodes of all time and inspired many to enter the radio profession. The episodes they're talking about is Turkeys Away, obviously, the <laughs> Thanksgiving episode, which actually happened. Uh, Hugh Wilson's past, he remembers a, TV, a, a radio station doing that back in the day. And now Andy's returning to Cincinnati, Andy as in Gary Sandy, for the Radio Masters Sales Summit, where Radio Inc. will present Gary Sandy with the first ever Radio Wayne Influencer Award in person. Born in Dayton, Ohio, Gary Sandy attended Wilmington College of Ohio and the American Academy of Dramatic Arts in New York City. He began his, began his acting career in daytime drama, as you heard, soap operas he talked about, on As the World Turns, Another World, Somerset, and The Secret Storm. I've heard of every one of those soaps except Somerset. I don't think I've ever heard of that one, so a lot of them came and went. Before and after his work on WKRP in Cincinnati, Gary Sandy performed in countless film and TV productions. He has performed in over a hundred theatrical productions, taking roles such as The Pirate King in the Broadway production of The Pirates of Penzance, Mortimer in the broad Broadway revival of Arsenic and Old Lace, Sheriff, Earl, Sheriff Ed Earl Dodd in the national tour of the uh, Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. <laughs> so that was made into a movie, Burt Reynolds, you remember that, mm-hmm. opposite Anne Margaret, Harold Hill in The Music Man, Billy Flynn in Chicago, Elliot Garfield in The Goodbye Girl, Will in the Will Rogers Follies, and Kowalski in the uh, A Streetcar Named Desire. So Gary Sandy's been pretty busy on Broadway since he left WKRP in Cincinnati. He's he's still being, uh, you may have not even seen him on the TV screen as much, but he's still working as an actor and a singer too as well. I hate people that are the triple threats. They can dance, sing, and act at the same time. I do well just to try to act or be on the radio, but if if you can sing well and act and dance all at the same time on stage isn't that isn't that just great that people can do that you've got a lot more opportunities for work (laughs) i'd love to see us try to do it if you made a parody of people trying to do it we could do that i can do the mel brooks we could do the mel brooks version for sure radio inc president publisher deborah parenti said quote we are especially excited and proud to present this award to gary sandy his portrayal of the much beloved andy travis brought to life a character who inspired many to join the radio profession including me i'm i'm one of those people and his ongoing career in both stage and screen roles beyond that memorable show have only continued to provide inspiration and admiration through his multifaceted talents i'm actually kind of i started about a week ago uh trying to trying to get a correspondence for maybe getting uh getting gary sandy on the show to interview him that would be kind of cool he's just one of those guys that i like and i wouldn't mind having him on the show sometimes i have people on from time to time as mm-hmm. we well know so Bravo, Gary Sandy, getting that award, and I think it's long overdue him getting recognized for that. Because I, I loved WKRP in Cincinnati. I thought it was funny, and some some shows from the old days don't hold up as w- well as they do today. Comedies and dramas and stuff, and some still hold up perfectly. And um, WKRP is one of them. I uh, it went through a lot of legal problems with all the music that was played in the show, and they couldn't release it on home video, and they had to replace the music, take it out, and stuff. You know how music rights are. Yeah, we know. How, every time we edit a podcast, we're reminded <laughs> how music rights work. Some, some and don't work. Are a little more stringent than others. Uh, I wanted to do this last week, but I didn't have time. But we've got we, we, we'll be coming up for a break, but we'll we'll do it in both segments uh, segments and keep going. Uh, this is another thing from mentalfloss.com. You know, when things come out, they they assign a name to something. But it doesn't always stick, or they change the name to something else. This is called Strange Early Names of 11 Common Products. This is from Jake Rosen, 
Branding is everything. It's why we refer to most tissues as Kleenex, even though we might be picking up a box of puffs. And why we call a duplicate of something a Xerox, even if it hasn't come out of that company's copy machine. I remember that very well. Right. My grandparents used to call every refrigerator a Frigidaire growing up, because mm-hmm. that's, that's the one they always had, was that one, even though it might have been an Amana or a Maytag or oh, yeah. another kind. We call it by the name brand. Those two, Band-Aid, same thing. Band-Aid. Those two products may have gotten their name. All those products may have gotten their name on the first try, but not all companies are so lucky. Here, let's take a look at a few popular brands that started out with far less effective labels. Now, what I'm going to do with Allen is I'm going to give you the original name of something, and that's all I'm going to do, and you can try to tell me what you think it it went on to be. Some of these are a little obvious. Some of them, not so much, and you'll be surprised. And I I did pretty interesting on this. It's not really a quiz, but that's how I'm going to play it out. First one up, it was a thing that came out called... Fruit Smack. That was Fruit its Smacks. original. That was its original name. Fruit Smack. M S S M A C K. Smack. Fruit Smack. What do you think Fruit Smack went on to be? Just from the name only. And you're not expected to get all no. this right because I. Didn't. Um, something like a fruit roll up. A fruit roll-up. In the 20th century, Edward Perkins owned a successful family mail-order business. As with Tupperware and Avon models, Perkins enlisted regional sales representatives to peddle his products, which ranged from home goods to food flavorings. One popular item was Fruit Smack, a highly concentrated juice that came in four-ounce corked bottles and could be mixed with a pitcher of water. Owing to shipping hassles, the glass bottle would sometimes break or leak, so Perkins came up with a powdered version of it. <laughs> with the change from liquid to solid came a name change as well, a very cool change. Bowling sure makes me hot and thirsty. This is a job for Kool-Aid. Hey, Kool-Aid! Oh, yeah, Kool-Aid here, bringing you fun. Kool-Aid got thirst on the run. Get a big, wide, happy ear to hear Kool-Aid. Was introduced in six flavors, raspberry, cherry, grape, lemon, orange, and root beer in 1928. The current spelling, the way they spell it, they used to spell it A-D-E, A-D, now it's A-I-D, I think. Uh, the current spelling was introduced in 1934. They changed how they spelled it. So there you go. There's your first one. That's how this is going to work. Cool. So here we go. That's bananas. Okay, the next one's a little bit, uh, this one's a little sketchy. This is a little funny. The original f- name of this thing was Pleasure Pit. Oh, stripper pole. Pleasure Pit. <laughs> that's a really good guess, but that's incorrect. <laughs> no. Oh. Oh, yeah. Pleasure Pits. Okay. So it's not sure. It's easy to understand how a more luxurious bed was conceived at the height of the sexual revolution in the 1960s. The San Francisco State University graduate student Charlie Hall created the water bed. Water bed. A fluid-filled <laughs> membrane. That replaced a foam mattress in a design class in 1968. Contrary to popular assumption, though, Hall wasn't much of a hippie. He just wanted to make a more comfortable bed. (laughs) The name he chose, however, was Tawdry. Hall called it the Pleasure Pit, but the subsequent knockoffs came to be known as Waterbeds. Even the more innocuous name was still paired with the lurid advertising, you can only imagine. One salesman told clients that the gratifying motion of the bed creates the impression of a third warm body is participating. <laughs> so there you go. Pleasure Pit became Waterbed. Pleasure Pit just turned into actually what it was. Let's just call it Waterbed. That's what it is. Let's just call it that. Right. So there you go. That's how this that's little way too obvious. That's how this little goofball thing is going to go. We're going to take a break, and I, I got can't about wait. four or five more of these, which is very interesting. You're going to know a couple of them. One from just you know it anyway. I know, and one of them just from the. 
the name of it, you're like, oh, that translates into what it really was. So we're going to have more of these things that started out as one thing and wound up something else. And uh, as we're ticking up to the end of the program here, and you want to chime in, too, as we're rolling along, 7703-6450. When we call back, when we come back, you can give me a call, too. BK on the air. We'll be back. You've got it, mister. Why are women so happy about new Tickle antiperspirant? Is it because Tickle is the first roll-on with a big, wide ball? <laughs> is it because Tickle has a new, quick-drying formula? <laughs> Or is it because Tickle helps keep you dry all day? <laughs> Make yourself happy. Staying drier is nicer with a little Tickle. names of things that change later on i was presenting the name to alan he's kind of trying to guess what it is and then i tell him what the real thing was our next item our next item up for bids here (laughs) that changed its name later you should get this one it was originally called cheerios c-h-e-e-r-i-o-h-e-s cheerios this breakfast table staple was introduced in 1941 after food science innovator Lester Borchardt developed a way to puff up oats into the familiar O shape. For the first four years, the cereal was called Cheery Oats to emphasize its whole grain origins and manufacturer General Mills even shipped the toasted oats to servicemen at the time using the slogan, He's feeling his Cheery Oats, is what it said. Hmm. But Quaker Oats wasn't having it. They didn't want that. They believed that they had the corner on oats in the processed food market. Rather than engage in a lengthy legal battle, General Mills shortened the name to Cheerios in 1945. So Cheerio. just four years later. I love Cheerios. There you go. I still to this day. Uh, I do too. Yeah. And I like the uh, Honey Nut Cheerios just in any form. They're really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mixed kind. Peanut butter. or Anyway. Uh, the next item. When this thing first came out, this item, it was called... Wonder Jelly. Wonder Jelly. Wonder Jelly. While visiting, you got a guess on that one before we tell you what it is? <laughs> Easy now. Steady. Well, Steady. can we go to the pleasure pit? Steady. No, no we no. can't go back Different to that. Different kind of jelly. I'm going to say now. Wonder Jelly was like, I don't know, uh, Welch's grape jelly. <laughs> okay. While visiting Titusville, Pennsylvania in 1859, chemist Robert Cheesebro became intrigued by the fact that the petroleum oil drillers were smearing the jelly-like residue of the drilling process over their burned or irritated skin. Sensing he he had the next great home care product, he spent years developing a patent purification process to sell the petroleum goop commercially. Uh, In 1890, the product debuted under the name Wonder Jelly. It's the Wonder Jelly, Vaseline Petroleum Jelly. It's a Wonder Jelly. As a lip shiner, leather refiner, in a first aid kit, it conditions the mitt. It's a Wonder Jelly. Like a dry skin cream, a foot softening dream. Takes out squeaks, waterproofs little cheeks. It's a Wonder Jelly. As a makeup remover, a chalk hand soother, it's 100% pure. Vaseline Petroleum Jelly. The Wonder Jelly. Let it work wonders for you. 
Now, Cheeseboro traveled around New York demonstrating the product's effectiveness by burning his skin with an open flame or acid and then soothing it with his concoction. That's dedication to your product right That's there. That's belief oh, in it, goodness. man, yes. <laughs> While this undoubtedly made a name for Cheeseboro, it may not have had the same effect on his creation. He changed the name to Vaseline. Vaseline. Reportedly combining the German word for water, Wasser, and Greek word for oil, Oleon. And registered it in 1872. Vaseline. So there you go. Wow. Next up, the, this name didn't change. This name changed, but it remained the original name in another country. Do you remember what was first called Puckman? P-U-C-K-M-A-N. Puckman. Puck. P-U-C-K. Yeah, it's Pac-Man. Exactly right. At the height of the coin-operated arcade machine mania in 1980, which you and I were a part of, mm-hmm. Japanese video game manufacturer Namco dropped a bombshell release. Their Pac-Man, which let players control a sentient yellow circle that gobbled up power pellets and ghosts, we were all there, was a national phenomenon. But in Japan, it was known by another name. Creator Toru Iwatani dubbed the game Puck-Man. Puck-Man. Yes. I can understand why they changed it, because kids could have a field day with that over here in school and say it. That could really uh, yeah, act like a modify player and get that. Get the puck out of here. Mo- modify that. Accounts vary as to why he chose this name, but it may have had something to do with the protagonist's puck-shaped appearance. He looked like a hockey puck, sort of. That had I a thought he was based off of, of a pizza. Or It's what I thought he was. Or a reference to the Japanese word paku, meaning chomp. Could have been that. When Namco prepared the game for an American release, however, marketers worried that some teenagers, haha, might change the P in Puckman to another letter, so they wisely opted for Pac-Man hmm. instead. See, that's the, that's the ver- that's what I believe is it was that. Just the facts, man. Yeah. All right. Next up, I didn't get this one either, but uh, the original name of this item was called Baby Gaze. Baby G I Y G A Y S. Baby Gaze. Baby yeah. gaze. Any guess in the world what that might be? Uh, we're running out of time see. here. We need to hurry this up. Nose, whatever, what are nose gays? Nose gays are flowers, right? I have no idea. I've never so heard I'm going to say baby gays are like tiny floral... <laughs> Floral scented cleaners. I don't okay. Know. I, don't know, I, I don't know what you would call We're going to find out. After seeing his wife create a makeshift cotton swab by wrapping cotton balls around toothpicks to use on their baby, Leo Gertzenzang no. decided to mass produce sterilized no. swabs. He formed the Leo Gertzenzang Infant Novelty Company in 1923 Can and I named now? his leading product Baby Gaze. Presumably for the joy that would that would bring to children who weren't being treated like pin cushions by toothpicks wielding mothers who would come at them at, with toothpicks. So in 1926, we'll just let Alan tell you, Gertenzang altered the name Q-tip. from Baby Gaze to Q-tips. Q-tips. I would have never in a million years. And the Q that. stands for quality. It's so handy having Q-tips round the house. You can do so much with Q-tips round the house. Your pets deserve loving care. Clean their ears, eyes, and paws with gentle Q-tips cotton swabs. It's so handy having Q-tips round the house. You can do so much with Q-tips for hygienic first aid. Sterilized Q-tips are the safe way to apply ointments and antiseptics to little cuts and scrapes right on the spot. And Q-tips have a soothing touch. They're soft as pussy willows. You can do so much with Q-tips for your baby. 
Q-tips were first made for babies and have been used by doctors, nurses, and mothers for over a quarter of a century. Now modern families find so many uses for Q-tips, they keep a box in every room. It's so handy having Q-tips round the house. All right, this is another food object. I'll, I'll give you at least the, the uh, what it is, and that way it'll help okay. you. Its original name was the aristocrat. <laughs> the aristocrat? Yeah, they called this food at a fast food chain oh, the, aristocrat. Fast food. the aristocrat. I'll give you uh, that much. So it's got to be like uh, the aristocrat. Like a steak burger or something. Uh, the aristocrat. Uh, I don't know, the, uh, the quarter pounder. Oh, you're the right restaurant but the wrong one. The signature burger at McDonald's was concocted by local franchisee Jim Delagati, who was arra- who arranged the two beef patties drenched in a secret <laughs> sauce in Pittsburgh in 1967. Sauce. McDonald's Big Mac, it's more than just another hamburger. There are two all-beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, and onions on a sesame seed bun. Seven great ingredients working together to make one great taste. Two all-beef patties, special sauce, cheese, lettuce, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. Get the idea? Two all-beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, and a sesame seed bun. It's your McDonald's Big Mac. You've got to taste it to believe it, you know what I mean? Two all-beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, and a sesame seed bun. Two all-beef patties... Let me say a few words about McDonald's Big Mac. It's a, it's, it's... Two all-beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, and a sesame seed bun. Two all... Well, what, what was that word again? Two all beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, and a sesame seed bun. Lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, lettuce, uh, cheese, pickles, onions. Oh, what am I saying? You deserve a break today at McDonald's. Where your dollar gets a break every day. Yeah. <laughs> While Degati, uh, Delegati developed a tasty burger, the early names for it, the Aristocrat and the Blue Ribbon an advertising executive named Esther Rose came up with Big Mac on the way to a production meeting. A colleague rejected it, believing the menu's McDouble meant they couldn't use another Mac burger, burger product, but was overruled. The Big Mac rolled out nationally in 1968. It's remained a fixture of their menu ever since. Rose, incidentally, received no royalties for naming the burger, but the company did give her a nice plaque. Aww. You know what's crazy? How magnanimous of them. It's McDonald's, right? Because it's MC. The number of people I know because of the Big Mac call it McDonald's. Oh, I hear it there. I should go to McDonald's. You go to McDonald's. That's how <laughs> sure. I got the name the Big Let's Mac. Go to McDonald's. Like, no. That would be the Big Mick. All right. Oh, my goodness. We're never going to get to all these. So let's let's choose some of the more interesting ones here. I don't know if Alan's going to get some of these. Oh, here's one. Uh, it was originally called the Pluto Platter when it came out. Pluto Platter. Oh, I think you said this. Is exactly this the Frisbee? Exactly how I'm it. Whammo Novelty Toy Company yeah. introduced the flying plastic disc but in I think you mentioned that last week. Yeah, I just used another name for it, yeah. yeah. The name from the inventor Walter Frederick Morrison, who originally considered calling it the Whirl-O-Way <laughs> and the Flying Saucer with an N. Those are the other two names that were rejected. Within months, Whammo decided to rename it the Frisbee, though there's some debate over whether exactly uh, who, who what exactly that inspired that title. I thought it was from a pie plate. That's one, what Michael J. Fox said. One story has students of New England College tossing pie tins around from the Frisbee Baking Company of Bridgeport, Connecticut. There you go. Whammo President Richard Nur said the name came from a comic strip called Mr. Frisbee. Either way, Morrison, who reaped royalties from the Frisbee sales, thought the new moniker was a terrible choice. I thought it was insane, he said. He told the New York Times in 2007 he said that. I'm like, how could you rebuke it now? Just go with it. It's done. So, come on. 
Well, I think what he means is at the time, like, there's no way that that was supposed to be the right name. Right. Let's see if I can do this before we run out of time. Froffles. Do you know what froffles were? F-R-O-F-F-L-E-S. Froffles were the original name. What did they turn into? Froffles. Froffles. Well, it sounds like waffle. Fro- okay. Is that a frozen waffle? You're close. The Dorsa brothers, Frank, Anthony, and Sam, were an inspiring bunch. After coming up with the popular mayonnaise recipe in 1932, which they dubbed Eggo Mayonnaise, after their egg-heavy ingredient list, the siblings Ego. turned their attention <laughs> to waffle batter. When that Ego. became prohibitive to ship due to fear of spoilage, they created a dry mix, then decided to capitalize uh, on the frozen food market by op- order uh, offering pre-cooked waffles they called froffles, frozen waffles, beginning in 1953. <laughs> the name didn't stick, though. Consumers preferred the Ego label, and so the brothers changed the name in 1955. In 1972, new Ego owners Kellogg's cemented the brand with the Lego My Ego ad campaign. Unhand My Froffles didn't have the same <laughs> ring to it. So there you go. Just a few items that went through some name changes over the years of things that we're That's used to That's funny. I like, I like that. That's cool. That was kind of neat. Thanks to mentalfloss.com, the folks at Mental Floss. I may continue to do their their uh, their amazing fact generator from time to time because there are some interesting things in there. So, uh, yeah. So, it's BK on the air. We're ticking that to the, to the top of the hour here. I don't have time to get to that next story. I'll save that for next week. But I want to remind everybody that I'm out there in social media. If you want to check out Facebook and Twitter, X, X Twitter. What, what is it? Is it, is it called X now? Is that it? I, I keep, keep right now I keep things. telling people like Twitter, I mean X. My app says, my app logo has a big X it's on it. X. So it's X. Uh, Facebook, X, formerly known as Twitter, and Instagram. I'm out there. You can check me out. And uh, I have a SoundCloud page. I have a YouTube channel for the podcast. And I'm on Spotify, so check out those three locations if you want to check the podcast that I turn the radio show into. After I'm on the air, I take it and I run it through all these little, I'm a little tricks and things like that. So, yeah, so we'll uh, we'll take care of that and do that uh, as we go along. So, it's BK on the air. We're going to take a uh, we don't have a break, but we're there's not a break. Of the well, it, it is. is a, it's a long, it's very long. Break. BK on the air. We'll see you next week. Goodbye.